You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hi, everybody. It's Tanika again. I'm here with you guys on the teaching team and just so excited to be here and to give this word and to spend time with you in God's word. As we look forward to recognizing the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and celebrating Easter, Garden City is focused on creating a culture of invitation. Easter tends to be a time where people are more open to the idea of faith and where existing curiosity might lead to that next step. I'm not going to lie, when Pastor first asked me to give a teaching on invitation, my throat got tight, my heart rate elevated, and I immediately felt convicted, mainly because I um, am not one that often invites people to come to church. I tend to lean on the side of caution when it comes to sharing Christ, although I work really hard to make others feel comfortable and accepted. I definitely tend to lean on the side of caution when it comes to sharing Christ and inviting others to church. My fear was that in my nudging, I would either offend somebody or that my intentions would be questioned. God is showing me more and more that there is a true hunger and thirst for Him, especially now. So I encourage everyone, self-included, how many of you know that sometimes you have to encourage yourself. So I encourage us to allow ourselves to go deeper with God during this time, whatever that looks like for you. One thing about God, no matter where you are in life and on your spiritual journey, His arms are always wide open, and His invitation is always there. May we be the same way as we encounter those in our day-to-day lives that may be on the verge of faith but in need of an invitation. I believe God has placed times and seasons in front of us to be aware of so that we may have the privilege of participating in what He is doing. So how do we practically create a culture of invitation in our own lives? Let's pray as we discover how to do this together. Lord, I pray that you would give us a vision for the power of invitation. I pray that this would be a time of openness and curiosity about faith and most importantly, you. Create a culture of invitation in our lives and in our faith community. Let us be reminded that one invitation can lead to unimaginable incomes. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to look at how we can practically create a culture of invitation in our own lives. And Jesus gives us a glimpse at that in chapter 15 of Luke. Let's start out by taking a look at Luke 15, 1 through 7, which says, All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. 
Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, celebrate with me because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over the one sinner who changes both heart and life than over the 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. One of the first things that I noticed about these verses is that it says, all the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. A group of people that were shunned by society and especially by the religious leaders, they had the audacity to gather around Jesus. So what type of atmosphere must he have created for the lowly and the looked down upon to feel comfortable enough to draw near to him? Verse 2 says, the Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Verse 3 states, Jesus told them this parable. When I was reading this, I was confused at first. I was like, was them the tax collectors and sinners, or was this parable meant for the Pharisees? And then I realized it was for both. It's probably not a far stretch for any one of us to know what it may have felt like to have been one of the tax collectors or sinners on the outside, on the outside because you were placed there due to no fault of your own or because of your own humanness, selfishness, or a mistake that landed you there. What would have it felt like to hear that there is overwhelming joy over one sinner who changes both heart and life? Verse 5 and 6 says, in reference to the lost sheep, and when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulder. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, celebrate with me because I found my lost sheep. Do we have eyes to see the lost? I recently went to the eye doctor. And um, for those of you who don't know it, I wear contacts and my eyes are really, really bad. So it's either contacts or glasses. Sometimes I fall asleep with my glasses on. <laughs> like, like, why am I sleeping with my glasses on? So when I open my eyes, I can actually see things. But I was at the eye doctor and the assistant had me take out my contact lenses to do a quick test while I was waiting for the doctor. Um, as people were walking past me, I kind of just looked in their direction and gave like a half smile because I didn't know if they were even looking in my direction or smiling or frowning because I couldn't see their faces. I just sat there hoping for my turn to come quickly with the doctor. Once I was able to put on fresh lenses, my whole world changed. My prayer is that God would give us fresh lenses to see the lost, the hurting, the broken. May we not just go through the motions, but recognize that there is great purpose in every day. I have encountered quite a few parents of adult children that have struggled with addiction just here and there with work and friends and community and only one of which um, seems to be really making a turnaround. Um, she was literally on death's doorstep, living a life that would be any young woman's lowest and any parent's nightmare. She was literally brought back to life, and it was truly a miracle. 
Um, she still has a long road ahead of her, and her mother still has great fear, but she has great joy knowing that her daughter, who was in most aspects dead, is now living. I would imagine that God has a similar joy over his lost and that have um, now been found. I know many of you are familiar with the parable of the prodigal son, which happens to be the last of the three parables Jesus gives us in chapter 15 as well. The parable of the youngest son who asks his, for his inheritance early, he ventures off and the Bible says he spends his money on wild living, whatever that looks like, um, until he finds himself with nothing. There's a famine in the land and he decides to hire himself out as a servant. He is in a pig pen where we pick up verse 16. So this is Luke 15, 16 through 20, which says, And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. I think it would be insensitive and remiss to um, not point out that some of you have gracefully offered an invitation that has been rejected. The Bible says the prodigal son came to himself, and when he did, his father was waiting. Verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. My question for us is, would the prodigals in our life be met with compassion? I find it very interesting that Jesus could have stopped with one parable that is a beautiful picture and reflection of his heart, but he goes on and gives two other parables to drive the points home. And I would encourage you in your free time to go through Luke 15 and read all three parables and um, find those gems in there that really relate to your life. Um, in each parable, they contain a celebration in which others are invited to celebrate with heaven and the redemption of a life. How do we or how have we helped to bring others towards Jesus? And I just want us to really take time with God to look at what that may look like. May we be creative in that process. May it really be personal to our relationships that we have in our lives. And may it be something that's attuned to each heart and maybe really be looking for that. I know that um, I shared a story um, the last time I talked to you guys about going to a church as a teenager that really turned me away from Christianity, and I walked away for a long time. 
when I received the invitation, I did not look like somebody that was ready to receive an invitation. I was speaking with a very wise gentleman that is my mentor, a 75-year-old man full of wisdom, full of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have a mentor in your life and there's somebody near you that's older and wiser and has lots to give, I would just soak it in because I've learned so much from him. And I was telling him about talking about invitation and my own personal experience. And I was like, how much do I share? (laughs) He was like, say what you need to say. Don't give the gory details. So I won't give the gory details, but let's just say when I got the invitation the morning of to come to a church, I was hung over, okay? And so I arrived at church 20 minutes late, but I still came. Nothing in me fought it. Nothing in me fought it. And I was ready to receive what was ever there. And I got there and I was met with Christ and the love of Christ. And I will never be the same for it. I don't know what my life would have looked like without that invitation. I could have been somewhere very different than I am today. For you, I ask, what fears and barriers do people face, and how can you get past those barriers? Um, Pastor George was telling us, remember that invitation leads to transformation. Don't miss what God is doing right now. Have clear lenses to see those around you, those that are broken, those that are hurting, and they may not look like what you think a broken, hurting person looks like, but may God give you the option to see past any exteriors that might be putting up a barrier. Let's prepare to celebrate because God is redeeming lives. God bless you, and I encourage you to have a spirit of invitation. I'm so delighted to have shared this time with you guys, and I'm so excited to celebrate Easter with you guys. I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.